Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. If you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. Also want to give a shout out to Purple PTSD for giving us a chance to post our podcast there as well. Be sure to check out the great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com. Kyle and Sam back here with, in some ways, a little bit of a out of rhythm podcast. Mm-hmm. Normally we post on Mondays, uh, but considering all the news that's happened since we last recorded on Monday, thought, you know what, let's jump into it. Let's get into talking about all the news that's happened over the last 48, 72 hours. Uh, and then we'll, the next time you hear from us will be, uh, after the Packers game, uh, unless something else big happens and we decide that it's worth talking about that too. Um, but lots to come down. We got cuts, we got, um, practice squad, we got trades. Let's start with the cuts. And certainly I think that as these go, you can predict, 80 90 percent of them pretty easily uh there's yeah. always going to be surprises that yeah. come from decisions that are made in this situation i know you've done some yeah. you've done some predictions we had talked a little bit about what we see from your perspective what stood out to you when the vikings made the cuts that they did right so as you mentioned so i did do a roster projection um I made a mess of the my D tackle projection. Uh, I ended up correctly predicting edge, linebacker, corner, and safety. So I got four of the five positions right. You know, specific names and overall amount. Um, D tackle though, I got three of the six wrong. Uh, and I thought Jalen Twyman and and McGill would both make it. And I did not foresee the Armand Watts cut. I, I still don't know why he was cut or fully understand why he was cut. I believe, so here we're talking Thursday morning, later today, if I'm not mistaken, Crazy Dofo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell are going to speak to the media. I'm sure that's a question that will come up. Uh, so we'll see, you know, even if they decided to move on, um, you know, it's just surprising to me that they couldn't have even gotten a late round pick for him. You know, he had five sacks last year. He's 26 years old. So he's got a little bit of pass rush upside, a young defensive tackle, and he ended up going to the Bears and so I'm happy that he has his next opportunity and maybe with the Bears, he can be a starter and he's going to play them in week five. So we'll see what Watts can do. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm not against keeping James Link, Lynch or Bullard or, or Blacklock tra- trading for him. Um, I was surprised with the way that things went in D-tackle. Um, overall, I felt like I had, I felt reasonably confident where the defense was going and, and projections, but man, D-tackle was not uh, not one that I could foresee, especially once. Right. Yeah, that that's certainly, to, like, I think if you were to rank surprises, that's certainly within the top three, yeah. if not maybe the most surprising cut. Yeah. Uh, and certainly so. a player, like you said, that, that contributed last year, really had some strong performances. And mm-hmm. like you said, young... Mm-hmm player and I guess then also to see them not only and I think 
obviously we're sitting in a different perspective, sitting in a different chair here. Uh, yeah. would assume that they're active with phone lines yeah. and seeing what's out there. Uh, yeah. But not only to cut him, but also to then trade an asset um, yeah. to add a, a, a different player. I, I guess maybe from your perspective, is there a theme in terms of what maybe they're looking for that maybe Watt or um, that, yeah, that, Watts, like, yeah. that, that yeah. Watts doesn't fit into that, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe is being built on this defense? The best guess that maybe I have, I mean, James Lynch is a touch smaller, and I think you can move him up and down the line. Jonathan Butler would have to look up, but I think he's a touch smaller as well. You know, I'm looking at Blacklock, and he's listed uh, on PFR as being 290 pounds. So, again, someone who can maybe move up and down, maybe play five technique, which is to say, you know, outside shade on the offensive tackle, or into, you know, three technique, and maybe even you put him right over top of the center and you pass rush downs. Um, so maybe with those depth guys, you know, maybe Tomlinson, Phillips are kind of more of, you know, the larger D tackles, run stuffers, you know, they can still maybe get after the quarterback a little bit, but maybe that's what you're thinking. But I mean, Watts isn't huge, huge. Um, you know, same thing with Jalen Twyman. So I don't know if they maybe just were looking for a touch more like position flexibility or versatility, moving up and down the line, perhaps with some of those depth guys. It's hard to say, right? I am intrigued by, like, I'm not against the trade to bring in Ross Blacklock. I mean, he was a second round pick in 2020. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he ran, yeah, he ran a 4.940, which is very fast for him to tackle. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the ad. I'm not against that decision to trade for him. I just find it, like a lot of people, I find it surprising um, that it also coincided with cutting lots. Um, but I guess we'll see. You know, Ed Donatello's got his vision and his plan, and we haven't even seen one game yet of what, what his defense can look like. So um, I've got some hints and guesses based off watching the Broncos last year, but uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Any other surprises maybe on from your perspective, maybe on the offensive yeah. side of the ball? I thought they'd keep Kellen on just simply because he was a 66, 66th pick. Um, yeah, a year ago, right? 2021. So I thought that would be enough to keep him in town. But I guess now he's with Cleveland's, and then they also lost Sean Main, he went to Seattle. Um, which I think my first reaction was, you know, that makes sense because you know the QB hierarchy isn't as strong in Seattle. So there's a greater chance that he could maybe work his way into the active roster, right? Because you have Geno Smith and Drew Locke as opposed to Kirk Cousins and Nick Mullins. And so maybe Mannion has a clearer path to, um, you know, be on the game day roster. So I, I respect his decision. And I think it makes a certain degree of sense. Um, but it's surprising me that they end up losing both. And I mean, that's the risk you run when you cut both, right? So uh, they're going to have to add, I think, third, or they're going to want to, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it I, I think that realistically, you just, you kind of assume that they would keep one of the two. Exactly. Um, but at the yeah. same time, I think uh, after the preseason, I don't think anyone felt particularly confident about either of those yeah. guys actually being there. And so I guess it was just about whether you keep Mannion around for that mentorship type of potential yeah. role or you keep him on right. based on, like you said, 66 pick just a year ago, maybe yeah. just 
allows for him to increase his mm -hmm. development. Um, yeah. yeah. So again, I think that, like you said, there you have a need now to bring someone into the at least the practice squad. Um, yeah. yeah. With with two guys, and I guess it's interesting with uh, with Nick Mullins that we haven't even seen him play. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And here he is as the the number two guy at this point, uh, and and likely mm -hmm. for the rest of the season. So I, I, yeah, the quarterback position is certainly interesting. Um, the one the one thing I'll say on that to interrupt you, sorry, is that yes, we haven't seen him in purple, um, but he has started 17 games in his career. And he's played in 20, um, whereas Mannion, I believe, has only started three, and Mitt Mond hasn't started any. Yeah. So I guess when you make that trade, you're reasonably confident that this guy is going to be your backup, and you've basically done that evaluation based off his previous film with other teams as opposed to what he's doing with your team. So I can't imagine when they made the deal that they were really thinking yeah we're going to trade this draft pick and we're not going to keep him like i think i think they basically knew at that point i yeah. would assume I, I think that makes sense that makes sense yeah. and again yeah certainly he's has a little bit more of a proven track record uh yeah yeah over time i'm i'm curious from your perspective maybe just as a quick comment I, a lot of conversation around this 2021 draft class and i think this even lends itself maybe into the transitioning to us talking about um, the uh, Amir Smith Merced release, and I know there's a couple of details that have led to that. Um, how do you maybe rationalize with yourself now, seeing how much of that draft class has now kind of been turned out to be what it was, with especially with the cuts that have come from those yeah. that were picked in the third round. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's discouraging, right? Like when you see seven of 11, I mean, on the one hand, you kind of know this is a possibility because you have new leadership, right? And the new leadership doesn't have the same loyalty to, you know, these players that, you know, Spielman and Zero were responsible for bringing in. So you can kind of foresee, you know, some of them may be being cut. Um, and if you wanted to be more positive, you might say, well, Darasaw looks like, your left tackle of the future. Getting your left tackle of the future is an amazing win on draft night. Uh, Kenny Wong looks like he could be an excellent, he already is an excellent kick returner, and maybe could be a nice compliment on the offense. Okay, that's great for a mid-round pick. And then if Bynum is as good at safety as we hope, you know, getting a defensive starter, then you say, okay, like those are three, you know, hit it out of the park, nice picks, right? But then to do so poorly in the third round, especially into the fourth it's disappointing for sure. I mean, you'd really like to get, they had so many picks, right? And then for Mond, Wyatt Davis, and Chasterat to not really get anything from them is disappointing. The hope is that Patrick Jones can end up being, at the very least, a nice rotational pass rusher. And then from there, I'd say, you know, to me, again, like Wallace, I'm surprised that Smith Marseille has been cut. You know, I think he could have a future with the team. Um, the Vikings tend to do really well drafting and developing receivers. Right. And that goes, you know, from the first round, I think Justin Jefferson, all the way down to the late rounds. I mean, Stefan Diggs, I believe, was a fifth. Adam Thielen was, a, was an undrafted free agent. So, you know, basically across the range of adding players this way, the Vikings do a really good job. KJ Osborne is another one. BC Johnson is another one. You know, and obviously not everyone's on that same level. Right. But like they do pretty good. And so Smith Marset, I think, could plausibly be a nice player. And I hope that he's 
brought back on the practice squad. I haven't seen anything, Sam, in terms of whether he's been scooped up or what's going on there, but I would hope that he's still with the team in some capacity. And that is similar with Janarius Robinson in that he's on the practice squad. You know, perhaps he, you know, if he starts in the practice squad and then after a few weeks gets elevated and goes on to have a nice group of the Vikings, then no one's going to give a damn about, oh, well, seven out of 11 guys cut. It's such a failure of a draft. Everyone's going to look back and say, hey, no, that pick for Robinson was a success. Because unfortunately, he missed his rookie season. He actually got cut one time, but then he battled back, ended up having a great career. That was a successful draft pick for the Vikings. So what I'll say is that the final chapter hasn't been written for some of these players, right? So just because you've been cut now and you're put on the practice squad doesn't mean it's game over. You've got no future at all in Minnesota. Um, for a couple of these guys, they might still have a future. And so we'll see. We got hope for those three of, of Wong Wu, Bynum, and Darisaw, especially Darisaw, obviously. And then maybe a couple more. And so while we're disappointed, yes, the final chapter hasn't been written yet. So let's let's see a little bit with a couple more of these players. Yeah, yeah. Well, not sports fans to to jump ahead of, uh, <laughs> especially on Twitter. Just yeah. let things develop and and right. yeah, yeah. Right. No, it, I think that it's always best to assess draft classes um, mm-hmm. immediately, immediately, very quickly before yeah. you've seen it develop. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. Well, that's some some good wisdom there. Um, yeah, exactly. I mentioned. Uh, Amir Smith Marset, and that certainly is very t- uh, very closely linked to the trade that the Vikings made with the mm-hmm. Eagles. Um, yeah. Right, and a, a name that's familiar to Vikings fans for multiple reasons. Um, a player that was picked right before Jefferson. Um, yeah. Yeah. A player that has had a lot of um, feels like. They, there's been some positive news. It sounds like from what I've read that's coming out of camp in terms of where he's at mentally this year uh, mm. versus the past two years. But what do you make of um, this trade for, uh, for Rieger? One, I'm surprised. I didn't actually think it materialized because I, I thought the Vikings felt good about the wide receivers. Um, and I felt good about the Vikings wide receivers. And so I'm surprised that it actually came together, but maybe I shouldn't be just because, uh, General manager, Bill Fomensa, man likes to trade. You know what I mean? You have the six draft day trades. There's now four trades here. Uh, Mullins, uh, Jesse Davis got traded away, brought in Blackhawk, brought in Rieger. And so a lot of trades um, for Bill Fomensa. And so bringing in Rieger, I think, is exciting. Um, in Minnesota, he's not going to be a main option at wide receiver. If he is a special teams ace, like a, an excellent returner, um, and maybe he can get in on punt coverage or kickoff coverage and then be a good wide receiver for. And I think that's excellent, right? Like that is that is basically what you're hoping for at this point. So on the one hand, you know, I was talking to a buddy about it and he was making the point that, you know, you're trying to get a fresh start, but in a sense, it's, you know, you're now you're on the same team with the player who was picked one pick later than you and, you know, has performed so much better. And so it's, you know, is that going to really allow you to get away with or get away from this sense of disappointment and not really living up to that 21 or 21st draft slot? Um, which I get, and maybe, maybe it doesn't. Maybe, maybe those expectations will still be there and people will be disappointed. But on the other hand, hopefully he can come into Minnesota, fresh start, focus on being an excellent punt returner, focus on being an excellent special teams player. And then, uh, yeah, if he can be a, a really good, wide receiver four 
maybe in time a wide receiver three, then I, I think the Vikings are thrilled, right? So I am excited about the deal, similar to Blacklock. I'm disappointed that it came at the expense of Smith Smith Marset, just like I'm disappointed it came at the expense of Watts, because these are these are two young players who I had high hopes for. But um as I think Sam and I have come back to different points, you know, people like us, regular folks outside the league, we have a different perspective quite often from coaches, from executives. Sam and I have one way of viewing things, but fans have one way of viewing things. People inside the league very obviously have a different perspective quite often. So again, we'll just see how it plays out. Yeah. Very interesting. Again, it's, um, yeah, I was kind of curious where you'd slot him in. I think the wide receiver four makes sense. Special teams certainly is uh, a need. Yeah. I know they've been rotating guys through there. Um, yeah. So be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see. It if uh, guess, is really dangerous. Yeah. And you got either got you're kicking the long wheel or Rieger. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if he kind of can be a really excellent returner, then Vikings got to feel pretty good about that, especially with Ty Chandler still around and he had some good moments or he had that, that nice long return in the preseason. So, I mean, that's, that's to me is exciting, I think, for special teams. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, it would be really neat to have for that to be a, a real strength. Yeah. Uh, it like, it's like it, inspires some fear in opposing teams, right? It, it's a, it can be a real momentum shifter. And I think we've seen Absolutely. it both ways. Yeah. If you, if you have a guy, guy back there that you're worried about catching the ball or like you're, yeah. there's a fumble risk uh, yeah. that just kills momentum. Uh, but yeah. if you can get someone that every now and then breaks off for 35, 40 yards, even, uh, even we see like a couple of returns uh, all mm-hmm. the way, that's, uh, it can be a really, it's a really important part of uh, a, f- the, a football game, despite how yeah. few plays are actually spent um, exactly. on special teams. Uh, maybe just wrapping up here. Mm-hmm. What are you watching for regarding practice squad? I know we're starting to get, filled out there's yeah. certainly been some changes i know in terms of what uh the practice squad looks like for this season uh different mm-hmm. allowances that the league has made what are you keeping your eye on because again you said we're recording thursday morning we feel like we've gotten a lot of news but also know that some things can break uh so maybe what do you uh foresee happening maybe what are you watching for um mm-hmm. sure um I won't make too many bold guesses about what's going to happen or not happen. I think Sam and I basically agree. We talked about this before that, you know, they're probably going to add a quarterback just because for whatever reason, someone has to miss time. You want to have, you know, someone whom you can elevate, uh, you know, with ease and who already understands the system and the playbook. Um, so I keep an eye on quarterback. Um, you know, otherwise, I'm basically just curious to see um, which positions they prioritize. Right when they, as they kind of bring in talent, um, we'll see. And in terms of like, I'm, I've most got my eye on Engineering Robinson on on the practice squad as someone who you know potentially could be elevated um, at some point here in the, in the season, maybe even very early, given his uh, his draft status. And uh, I think there are a lot of people who are high on him coming into the draft. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be as I think we mentioned before. You know, practice squad roster, it's not like you you set it and then it never changes, right? Like these things are going to move, move around a little bit. And so, yeah, maybe a bit of a boring answer, but I'll keep an eye on quarterback 
And then I'm keeping an eye on Robinson as things go. And then, yeah, kind of see how it kind of continues to shift and, and, and adapt as the season goes. Yeah. It, um, I, I think that makes sense. Again, I, it, it will be interesting to see how many of those guys are players that they've released and, and now come back mm-hmm. or, or guys they pick up from other teams. I think that's kind of a, will be an interesting breakdown. Um, and you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier with the 2021 draft classic, I think that, um, while it can be scary, I think sometimes for fans, it, it, this is the, one of the biggest advantages in bringing someone new is that they're not married to the guys that they picked, uh, like they're, they, they sometimes feel maybe that they have the ability to make some more bold moves, maybe some moves that, uh, are not based on loyalty or, or that. And so be interesting to see how they navigate these decisions and, and decisions moving forward. I know, uh, it'll be interesting to see, I've, I've seen different rumors. Uh, it's always, this is definitely a, a time of rumors, uh, where mm-hmm. wondering if the Vikings are preparing to do something maybe even bigger. I, I don't know really what that would look yeah. like or who that would be or where the need would be, but, um, be interesting to see I, maybe as we wrap up here, level of excitement that you have, for the upcoming season kind of now that things are taking shape uh i was trying to think if there's a i'll I'll let you do however you want whether you want to give it a letter grade whether you want to give it a percentage whether you want to rate it on your own arbitrary scale of size of animals i I don't know yeah well i mean the size of animal quite like my elephant or nothing like that but maybe giraffe so giraffe is a pretty large animal you know, maybe like an eight out of 10, right? And, it's, and I think it's growing. You know, I think it'll get increasingly excited as it, it still feels like now we're kind of focused on some of the details of the roster and that kind of thing. Whereas like when once we kind of flip over into next week, now we're in game week. And now it's the Packers at US Bank Stadium, that late afternoon slot, uh, first ever Kevin O'Connell game as a head coach, right? Um, what does he do in that critical fourth down? You know, what is, what is, you know, like all those kind of decisions, those big moments, I, that will be very exciting to see. Yeah. So, yeah. and as a reminder, Sam, you predicted, if I'm not mistaken, you predicted a win for the Vikings in week one. I've actually predicted a loss, I hate to say, but this will be our last chance to kind of mention those as a reminder, and we'll see who ends up being right in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a true Vikings fan over here, my level of excitement <laughs> is a 12. I am a blue whale on the end. Wow. Um, That's huge. Yeah. No, I, I, I am, I am interested to to see, and especially against the Packers, I think that's a, a great week one matchup in terms oh, yeah. of entertainment value. So, oh yeah, schedule makers knew what they were doing. Absolutely, yeah. uh, pretty smart people over there. Anyways, mm-hmm. we'll wrap up there. Thanks everyone for listening. Excited to hit the ground running and see what comes September 11th. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be here to to talk about the Packers game once it's done. Take care, everyone. <laughs>